0: Welcome to the Spring Forth Podcast, a ministry of the First Congregational Church of McGregor, Iowa. This recording was made for May 18th, 2022. Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 33. This passage where Jesus is trying to foretell his death and resurrection, and he's interrupted, cut short, cut off by Peter, who rebukes him. And then Jesus stops redirects his attention to the disciples and rebukes Peter because Peter was not setting his mind on the things of God but on the things of man this is an ongoing struggle in the church when we hear something or don't even bother to listen but something that displeases us something that we find distasteful, something that certainly could not represent the God that we know and understand. So we pull a Peter and we reject the messenger. We rebuke them. We dismiss them. Because there's no possible way that they could actually be telling us that God is doing a new and incredible thing even through something that we might find distasteful, confusing, reprehensible. Accountability, which is what Jesus held Peter to, is something that is rapidly declining. In the contemporary faith forum, We are no longer allowing ourselves to be challenged, corrected by other members of the faith. We're no longer encouraged to ask questions, we just state opinions, and we've lost, we've lost our sense of wonder when it comes to understanding that God has and will continue to do remarkable things in the lives of people and events. But when we stake our claims on our comfort, our tastes, our satisfactions, when we seek to find voices that will reinforce our supposed truths, At the risk of new inspiration, much less new information, we drag God down to our distasteful level and we forget that the mystery of God is exactly that. It's about finding new and interesting developments in our ongoing unfolding faith. I'm thinking about the two recent shootings. Shootings happen so frequently in our country that you have to talk about the most recent of recent shootings in order to even be on point, but the one in Buffalo, New York, and the one that took place in Laguna Woods in California. From the information that we know right now, these shootings were motivated by people's distaste of their chosen victims. They didn't look like us. They are a scourge on our country. Something must be done. I remember years past, I cannot recall the text that I was preaching on. But I was adamant, absolutely adamant, that we as people of faith need to stop minding our own business. We need to ask the right questions. Well, we, Yes, we need to ask questions. The problem is we don't ask questions anymore. Like I said, we just state our opinions. But we need to ask questions and then Listen. We need to inquire how people are doing, where they're at, what they're struggling with. Because when situations like what we had this weekend in the United States continue to unfold, we always ask ourselves, why didn't we see it coming, why didn't we know this person was upset, why didn't we know they were getting a hold of some bad information. And that response is becoming very insipid, useless, and it's offensive. Frankly, it's just offensive, especially to those who are survivors of the victims. Right now, this very moment, there's probably somebody that we should be checking in with, that we're not people isolated in their own thoughts. And indecipherable ideas and because we're so concerned about minding our own business we allow individuals that could be presented with new opportunities to slip through the cracks what would have happened if jesus said nothing to peter if he didn't correct him there in front of his disciples the other disciples i always think because peter was such a charismatic and strong figure that they would have said Wow, man, Peter's really taking it to Jesus. This is Jesus we're talking about. And Peter rebukes him, not in private, but in public, right in front of the other disciples, trying to hold Jesus accountable and saying, you don't put those ideas in our head. Don't tell us these things are going to happen to you. We won't let it happen to you. That is the first step of denial. To think that something happens will not happen to you or people you care about. So that's denial number one. And then the second denial is to think that we're not capable of becoming those people who could become so deluded in our own strange myths and nonsense that we wouldn't bring destruction in some form to our communities. But it's our indifference, which is our greatest sin. It's our inability to raise the issues, to speak about these matters, to sit in forums, to talk to our ministers, our doctors, our closest friends, to just sit down and say, I've been having some thoughts. I've been having trouble finding my way. And we're hiding behind this myth of always being too busy. And when the perception is is that we are too busy to listen, to be present with one another, then, of course, people who are feeling desperate will go and find someone to listen to them. And perhaps that person who will listen to them may not have their best interest at heart. The church, and I mean the body of Christ, the people who comprise houses of worship across this world, cannot shirk our responsibility of being that community who is never too busy to listen, never too busy to ask the right questions, never too busy to hold a space for someone whether we know them or they're a stranger that comes in off the street and they have some questions. Just recently I got some members together from my congregation to have an intervention with an individual in our community who was having some dark thoughts. I'd never had a request like that before, but that's the very thing I've been preaching about. I've been preaching about us as people of faith not minding our own business enough to let someone else slip through the cracks. So we say we care about the message of God. We say we care about the gospel. We say we want to better our societies and our communities but our actions do not seem to reflect that. And I would like to also go on record to say that Christians need to clean up their act. We love an all-welcoming God. We, We, that's one of the things that draws us to our faith, but yet the actions that play out in our houses of worship are very exclusive. We worship largely with a very similar demographic, racially, culturally. Socioeconomically, we don't deviate from that. We haven't deviated from that for generations. Oh, well, every now and then someone will slip through the cracks who's a little bit different, but then we can count that as our diversity. Look how diverse we are because this one person, after 50 years of this congregation being in this area, We allow them to sit here, sing our hymns, and we'll take their money, and we call that progress. What I would like to see from Christendom and other houses of worship is for us to stop pretending that our communities don't have a serious problem. This anger, real or perceived, that people are having, that they're sharing, that they're propagating through the internet is a problem for our houses of worship. Because these ideas and notions of destruction and frustration and being heard through violence, getting one's way through violence, these ideas are held by members and people in our congregations. We have just been too lazy and too negligent to ask. Because we don't, like Peter, we don't want to hear the answer. We don't want to actually know that that nice person with a really sweet smile and great voice has some dangerous notions swirling around in their head, and you just don't know what might trigger them. So because we don't ask... We can pretend to be all surprised when something breaks out. We say, I never saw anything that looked unusual in that person. I never knew they were capable of this. I'm just as shocked as anyone. I just saw him yesterday at work. I just saw him at the church picnic. I can't believe this is happening. This naivete does not become us. Christians, Christians at one time were a strong and vital group of individuals who didn't take any garbage, didn't take any guff, they held people accountable, they, they affected change in the world, built orphanages, hospitals, schools, transformed lives. We also know that a lot of lives were destroyed by the church also. Church got hopped up on its own power and it became debilitating. But now those of us who are still involved with any house of worship, real or virtual, if there is some community of faith that you support with your presence and with your dollars, you have to support it fully by making sure that the kind of world you want to live in and your children and your grandchildren would like to live in, that your church is a place where these conversations can and should be had, where these questions are being raised, where you are hearing them in sermons and in announcements and that there's opportunities at fellowship forums to discuss what is going on in our world. And why are we standing by and endorsing it? maybe not in church but maybe as individuals we say that's not so bad people are angry they just they're angry they're fed up do we hear ourselves do we actually stop to hear the lines that we are saying we go to church we praise God we throw our hands up in the air we give our money we feel good about ourselves and then we go home and we endorse some garbage because it's easy We have to be consistent in our faith. And Jesus stopped Peter right there. He says, Peter, you get behind me. Peter, you fall in line. Peter, do not poison the well. These things will happen. You will get caught up in it. You will try to pretend you didn't know me, but you will learn. And you will have your opportunity to be a bold and powerful witness for this movement. But it's not going to happen if you can accept the way that God is going to transform this world. If you can't accept it, then you have no share in me. That message has not changed for the people of God today. That unless we are willing to get on board with the expansive comprehensive love that God has consistently demonstrated throughout the gospel, then we have no share in the richness and the vastness of the community that God is forming. This exclusivism is not gospel. Our ignorance is not gospel. So we can no longer pretend that these things that are breaking out in this violence this ridiculous xenophobia that's breaking out in our communities and in our cultures across the globe, we can't pretend it's not our problem. It is our problem. And we must address it not only with faith but with action. Think on these things and do not remain idly by Engage, read, question, have conversations. Be safe out there. God bless.